Moncrief on News Talk. Now, when you go to the pictures, you'll still see that certificate at the start bearing the signature of our first guest. Kieran Kieran Kassan is Ireland's Director of Film Classification. He's nearly a year in in the job. Kieran, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean, and thanks very much for having me in. Uh, Now, I assume, because it's kind of a lazy categorisation that when you leave here, you'll spend the rest of the day in in a darkened room looking at films, that you're running the the organisation rather than that's your specific job. But I assume you have people who do that. Yes, well, I spent uh, a good portion of this morning watching an an Indian language film and one of my assistants is currently in a darkened room watching another Indian language film. So, yeah, a good portion of the work is reviewing content. But I have a a team of five assistants who um, work with me on a part-time basis and they're a great resource. And also because when you look at the sheer number of titles that we get through in a year, I would have to watch four a day for every working day of the year yes. if I was to, uh, <laughs> to watch everything that we certify. And not only would that not be good for your health, but also there's a lot of other work in terms of running the office that yeah. needs to get done. Yes, of course. And, and, and what, uh, what's the criteria for coming up with a classification for a film? Uh, well, there's a set of guidelines which um, are there for about the last 15 years. And we look at it across four specific categories, the sexual content, violence, language and then drugs. But we also look at thematically what's happening within the film and take into account things like, you know, how is it resolved, how are characters treated? And within that, then you make an assessment about what is the suitable classification within the range of ones that we have available. So um, that's the sort of process. It's very much a, a qualitative process based on guidelines, a bit the same as would happen in terms of you know, broadcasting in other areas where you're applying codes to try and determine mm. uh, whether something meets a statutory requirement. The good thing about our legislation, because it goes back to 1923, is it's not as prescriptive as some other legislation that yes. I've had to deal with in my time. But it's we clearly set it out and then we do a report on each film and we publish it on the website. Yeah. And um, uh, the majority are within an advisory category, which is one of the things that surprised me when I took up the role last year, that 75% are in that space where we're giving advice to parents and guardians about a particular piece of content and then they've got to take a view about whether it's suitable for um, themselves, but also, you know, whatever uh, people they're, they're going to the cinema with. Yeah. Is, is there kind of wiggle room in that, in the sense that sometimes you might come across a film and there's nothing explicitly wrong about it, but perhaps... No, can I think of a film as an example of this? I can't. But 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 say I, actually, here's a TV example. For the most part, the, the new series of True Detective, nothing. You don't see anything scary. Uh, um, f- you know, maybe one or two scenes. There's frozen dead bodies, but apart from that, if you cut that out, um, there's nothing like explicit in it. You could put your finger on, but there's just generally a very scary atmosphere. So you know, do you have that kind of latitude that you can say, well, there's no swearing or drug use or any of those things. But there's a general atmosphere that kids might find disturbing. Yeah, and and that's a lot of the call, to be honest, Mm. because, you know, people who make especially very commercial films are very good at understanding where the lines are drawn in terms of uh, classification rules. But you look at it in in whole and in context and like that, if there are the things that are suggested, but they happen off screen, that will help. But equally, you've got to take into account, you know, especially when it comes to PG and 12s and some of those younger groups, you know, is it something which would be disturbing? But the other piece, I think, on a, on a more positive note is, and this came up in some research that we published last year, is 
there's an educational context as well that can happen. So something being raised and raised appropriately within a piece of content can prompt a conversation mm. that can be, um, you know, uh, very positive. And I think one of the elements that I think has been positive over the last 10 years in terms of the reform that's taken place at the junior and now at the Leaving Cert cycle is the inclusion of audiovisual text and film and, and in the same way as books would have been shown when mm. you and I were in school. <laughs> yes. And we're, we're doing some work with the National Council for Curriculum Assessment who are currently looking at the Leaving Cert, you know, in terms of content that they can put on there and they're looking at our classifications as a guide that they can use because it's coming from another state agency. Mm. So all of those bits that you take into account uh, in terms of making a, f- a final conclusion. And that's one of the reasons why it's very good to have a, a number of assistants, because sometimes a debate about well, where sure, does that yeah. sit is very important. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, now I know you're not even a year in the job yet, but I assume over the years that uh, it has changed in the sense of, say, what an average 12 year old, what's appropriate for an average 12 year old. It might have been 20 years ago. A, a, a far more conservative view of what a 12-year-old could, could view. Yeah, and um, one of the other um, interesting findings in the research that we published last year was that the majority of kids now that are, nearly all kids that are over 12, 13, have got a solo viewing device, mm. you know, which yeah, wouldn't be there. Yeah. So they have, a, it's a phone, but it's something where they're they're viewing on their own. And it's one of the pieces that I think some more research is needed into and I'm talking to other partners about potentially commissioning that. And we've put it in our strategy to try and look, especially at where those younger audiences are at now. What do they find acceptable? Where are the lines? Because they're exposed to so much content. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that cinema classification is not still important because it's it's immersive. It's communal. It's much bigger. And you can't really yeah. go for the off button. You've got to stand up and walk out. Yeah, well, actually, but, but that's, a, that's an interesting point, because if you're looking at where are kids at now that isn't necessarily where their parents would like them to be, yeah. if you know what I mean? So that you're kind of steering a, a, a line there to a certain extent. And one of the pieces that we've done over the last year, and we started it with Culture Night and we're going to continue to do what we did with, um, in the Galway Film Flat is run classification workshops where we go down and bring groups in and show them some content that they wouldn't have seen mm. and chat to them about classification. And so we've probably done that with well over 150 people over the last six or eight months. And one of the things I found most interesting is that the adults tend to be more conservative and maybe that's... But yeah. the, the kids are much more in tune with where the ratings sit yeah. than the adults, yeah. you know. So we were I did one there a number of weeks ago and the adults all taught a particular trailer was, you know, 16s or an 18s. Um, and there was a couple of young people in the group and they said, no, no, it's probably more around 12A, that's where we'd see it. And we discussed it and showed it to them again. And, and it was more 12A than the... And, oh, and the so adults came yeah. around to sort of see that when they were talked through it. I had an input, but also the younger people in the group had an input and said, this is why we think it would sit there. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because young people go to the cinema more than older people as well. But um, I think they're also viewing so much more content. Yeah. And also, very interestingly, a minor- only a minority, a small minority of films get the, an 18 sort. Is that, if you like, a commercial reflection of things? I, I think in part, yeah, because, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of money it takes to make a film and release a film. And, and so I think people are conscious of where the lines are drawn. The other thing I think that has changed is... You know, the fact that the the internet is there, there's lots of other distribution channels. People aren't going to put material into a cinema or cinema owners are not going to 
uh, put it on if it's not going to get as large an audience as possible. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a commercial reality and, you know, in previous years, the office would have got a lot more material which would have been um, more controversial. But there's lots of other ways to distribute content now than put it on yeah. into cinemas yeah. or on a DVD. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of drives its own market. Yeah. Now, and, and, and in Ireland, we have a 15A, but we also have a 16. Yeah. So, you, you know, you might think on a cursory look, there's, what's, there's not much difference in any of the two things. Why is that? Um, well, it's, it's a very useful classification because um, they don't have a 15A and a 16 in the UK. They just have a hard mm. 15 and a hard um, 18. Now, I wasn't responsible for setting up the classification structures, but I think they work very well because the thing about a 15A is it says, you know, it's suitable for 15s and over, but younger audiences can go if it's deemed uh, appropriate by uh, an adult or a mm. parent or a guardian. And so for some content like um, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which got a 15A, uh, you know, there was a lot of violent content in that. <laughs> Warning, you'll be asleep by the end of this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, um, um, the trailers, if you, if you watch the trailers, the trailers were all full of all the, the violence. You would have seen yes, much more yes, than action. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that allowed people to say, well, if if violence is not something I'm overly concerned about, mm. then... I can bring a 13 or a 14 year old to it. But equally on something else, it could be sexual content that would give it, yes. the, you know, the, the 15A rating or language. And people could say, well, I'm more concerned about that. So there's that. It's, it's a space where people can go to the go to the, um, the cinema, but equally they can take a view about different pieces of content and what are the issues that are pushing it into mm. a rating. But a hard 16 means it's only open for 16s. And I think that's why we've fewer 18s because we have that hard 16. Yeah, the, the, well, I mean, uh, and it's interesting in that different countries give different ratings uh, uh, to the same film. Someone says, can you ask why the movie Anyone But You is rated R in America while it's only 15A in Ireland? Uh, and and well, they want to know what the A stands for, but the A means an adult decides whether you yeah. can go to this or not. Yeah, it's, it's uh, under 15s can go accompanied. Uh, you would see that with lots of content that it would have a higher rating or a different rating in other countries and especially within the US uh, especially around sexual content and language you know so there are different mm. things that resonate with different populations and that's one of the things it that we have to be It different cultures it's, it's so yeah. interesting that way Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do, do film and I assume it's film distributors uh, w- w- would do they ever complain about a rating they get? Well, there is a structure whereby they can appeal a rating mm. and there is a film classifications appeal board. There's been about five or six appeals in the last 10 years. Some of the ratings were changed, some they weren't. Uh, none since I've taken um, office. But again, there is a structure there. If they're not happy, they can they can um, appeal it. But when you look at the overall number of pieces of content that we look at, it's very low, five yeah. over. And do members of the public ever complain about a rating? Uh, Well, the members of the public, we published today as well just a list of the complaints we got last year. We got about 26 complaints um, that covered 13 different pieces of content because there were multiple complaints about about, Mm. uh, different ones. Um, Sometimes it is about a rating. Sometimes it's it's about the um, advice. Sometimes it's about things that are not classification issues at all, like the accents of actors, you know, <laughs> and whether they're portraying people correctly or not. And that's not something we take into account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there um, a mechanism? Because I suppose, essentially, if a 12-year-old is trying to sneak into a 16 movie by themselves, it's up to the cinemas to police that. 
Is, is there any mechanism for policing cinemas to make sure they enforce those rules? Well, it, it is a matter for the cinemas and then, like, legally they are obliged to do this so effectively it would become a, a law and order issue if there was mm. somebody who was showing material that didn't have a cert- certificate or allowing audiences into something which wasn't appropriate for them. Um, now, sometimes we will uh, be contacted and we will make contact with a cinema, but often people have misunderstood the rating they sometimes will have looked at the rating in a different jurisdiction. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so, you know, generally cinema owners are very responsible because, again, they don't want uh, people not to enjoy a film. And sometimes people would be uncomfortable if you go in and it's a 16th film and there's a load of children there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it doesn't tend to happen. And often uh, we get very, very few calls about it. But when we do, we would contact the cinema. But generally, half of them, I would say, are ones where there's just some misunderstanding. Uh, about the rating or, or um, you know, and also the age group and things like that. Mm. Now, you did, you did mention that st- uh, some statistics have been released and uh, it seems as if um, the cinema industry in Ireland has kind of had a considerable bounce back after uh, after COVID. Obviously, it was going to, the last few years, it was going to be a bit of a slump. I was also I- I- intrigued to see that where different films come from, one might assume that the overwhelming majority might be American, and it is a majority, but only by, what, 1% or something? In terms of the number of films, but yeah. in terms of the audience, if you look at, you know, the, the top 25 titles, a lot of them, so more people will, have go, will, will see those American films, but there is a greater diversity of cinema that's available to people. And I think the bounce back is not only in Ireland, but it is um, something which happened uh, in other territories as well. And I think people were anxious to go back to the cinema. And one of the things that I noticed last year was the success of... Barbie and Oppenheimer brought people back to the cinema who hadn't been back. Yeah, because I, yeah. I know it because people say, I saw your signature, you know, so uh, <laughs> that's my, my informal test of it. But, yeah. And a lot of people said to me that they hadn't been back, you know, since COVID. But mm. uh, that was great in terms of getting people to reconnect with cinema. But in terms of titles, the, the, the number two is, is India uh, in terms of originating country. Yeah, there's an awful lot of Indian language content. It wouldn't um, be available as widely. Yes. And one of the things that we did change last year is there's two types of releases that we, we certify and it's, it's based on cost. One is a wide release, so it means it can go anywhere. And, and the other one is a narrow release or a limited release. And we changed the way we monitor whether people are complying with that at six sites or less from a weekly basis to a rolling four weekly basis to allow for content to have a greater spread if they can get access to screens. Mm. Because often with the Indian language content, it will, and some other um, niche content, it'll only run for a short number of weeks. Whereas you can still see Barbie and Napoleon and I'd say Oppenheimer in some screen around the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it is, it is interesting when you look up the certainly in Dublin in in the, in the during the day the the uh, there's so many Indian titles. It's, yeah, uh, it's it, it was quite. But I suppose Bollywood is a, is a, yeah, and it's and a huge centre of film production. Yeah, and they're they're very long as well. Having yeah. sat through one this morning, which was nearly 160 minutes, you know they can. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, you can, get your money's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely do. Yeah. Now the the. You don't. It's not within your remit to to, to uh, um, put certs on on TV films or any of the streamers. No, would that be the case? Yeah, and and that would have been the case going back to um, you know when television started. So RT would and, and Virgin Media and television would have done their own ratings uh, traditionally, and streamers are linked to that mm. industry rather than than the DVDs. But it is one of the areas where um, I think you're seeing a greater focus on 
uh, with with new legislation at the European and the national level at accountability for the streamers in terms of the the ratings that they put on titles and how mm. they 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 communicate that to audiences and that's something that is uh, governed by Commission the Man. Right. Okay. Uh, and so yeah. And the, but the yeah, I, it's an interesting one now. The ratings they're putting on their films the same for every country because as we said, there's you know there may well be differences between. Ireland and other countries yeah. in terms of we'd rate films. And, and at a European level, it is coordinated under, and even who's in the European Union, is coordinated under the Audiovisual Media Services Directive. So mm. um, the extent to which services will tailor them for different audiences, I'm not sure that there was a debate going on around that. I think it'll become clear over the next period of time as the new structures are set up and running. Yeah. Um, also, that like... Movies have bounced back, but there seems to be an... uh, Is there an uptake going on in DVDs or is it just better than you might think? Yeah, I I was like, I think it's one where, a bit like vinyl, you know, I don't think it's ever (laughs) going to go away. And I think it's one that especially, you know, with uh, a diversity of streaming services, people say that, you know, generally audiences or households will only pay for two or two and a half streaming services. And now... When everything was on Netflix, it was fine. But now things are on and on for shorter periods mm. of time. And also, I think the extras that are added on in DVDs and people like to have a hard copy. So it, it has declined. I think COVID really had an impact with shops being closed. Um, but there was over 280,000 units sold in Ireland last year between DVDs and Blu-rays, which, you know, is down. But it's still a sizable market. Isn't it just? Yeah. And you, you would be regulating uh, those as well. Yeah. Anything that's sold for physical sale has got to have a, uh, a rating from ourselves. Yeah. Uh, someone wants to know, have you, uh, have you rejected any movies ever? Well, not since I've been there, because yeah. that would effectively mean you'd have to say we're not going to give it a search. Yeah. So it would effectively be a ban uh, on that film being distributed. And no, and there has not been one for a long number of years and again going back to that point but you know there's lots of other ways for people to distribute content yes so yeah. uh, you know the kinds of material that would have had to try and get either into cinema or a DVD release have lots of other channels now in which they can promote the content and and that's one of the challenges that's there for um, uh, the regulation of, of streaming service on the internet and also other on-demand services that are mm. there uh, and <laughs> Another listener, this is a less than subtle question and we know where this person is coming from. Uh, let me just warn you that in advance. Would he ban a kid's movie if it had blatant woke messaging? It's, it's very hard to, <laughs> to, to take any one piece because, again, as I said earlier, you've got to take a piece of content in whole and in context and the resolution of films can be very important. So mm. they sort of say, would you... You know, it's a bit like asking if, if somebody was topless, will they get banned? You know, you have to look at the whole, the way it's put together. So it's, it, there's not a sort of a list that you sort of take and say, that's it, it definitely would be banned on that basis. Yeah, no, but I or mean... rated. I, yeah, but a movie, way. whether it's for a kid or otherwise, that might have a political view of the world. That's, that's... Well, even if you don't agree with that view of the yeah, world, that's yeah. not a, a basis so much to ban something. No, it's not, thought. because we're not subject to... Uh, we don't look at fairness, objectivity and impartiality. Mm. unlike uh, yeah. broadcasting services. So, you know, essentially the message of the film and whether it's fair or objective is not something, it's not a classification issue for us. Yes, yeah. Uh, and probably the most important question that's sent, been sent in by uh, various people, you know the slide with a signature before each movie. Does he have to sign a new one every time or is it a stock image? It's a stock image, but all that content, <laughs> Sean, I, 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 I spend a lot of time signing certs. Yes. Kieran, thanks a million for coming in uh, to tell us about that. That was uh, 
uh, Dr. Kieran Kassan there, Ireland's uh, Director of Film Classification. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.